0: Well, it is a big week for central banks with the Fed, the ECB and the Bank of England all meeting and a big week for corporate earnings as well. So anything could happen this week. But as central banks push rates higher, U.S. shares also seem to be rising, which would suggest there's this expectation that those rate rises won't last for much longer. And the Aussie dollar, one of the standout performers last week, why is that? We'll look at that today. It's Monday, the 30th of January, 2023. It's The Morning Call from Nap. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities, particularly tech stocks, finished the week in a blaze of glory last week. The Nasdaq added almost 1% on Friday to a week that saw the index rise, 4.3%. Over the week, the S&P 500 climbed almost 2.5%. The Dow rose 1.8%, compared to 1.4% for the Stocks 50, and just 0.8% for the ASX 200. Uh, But then what about the Hang Seng? Even with a long holiday in Hong Kong, that managed to 2.9% lift in shares. And Aussie shares might not be moving, but the Aussie dollar is. It gained almost 2.2% last week, even with a 0.2% drop on Friday, finishing the week at 71 US cents and uh, last week spending its first time above that benchmark since august the u.s dollar meanwhile up a little on friday but down a little about 0.1 percent over the week last week on the dxy so no big moves the euro and the pound same story really they both fell more than 0.2 percent on friday but across the week the euro was marginally up the pound marginally down so nothing to ride home about there and bond yields Well, no big moves on Friday. Over the week, 10-year Treasuries moved a few basis points higher. Again, nothing to get excited about. Two years are pretty much where they were a week ago, whereas Aussie 10-year yields rose about 17 basis points last week, but really recovering from a a dip in yields that we saw the week before. So finishing the week around 3.57%, remembering we started the year north of 4%. And oil, well, it isn't racing to $100, which you speculated that it might be. It's veered the other way. In fact, WTI is below $80. After a 1.6% fall on Friday, Brent fell almost 1% as well. Uh, It's down a a touch more than uh, that if we look across the entire week. But any evidence of a rally has definitely gone away the last couple of weeks. So, uh, this week, well, it could all change. It's a busy week for central banks. We've got the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England. Uh, Tuesday still January, so we have to wait another week for the RBA. But it's going to be an interesting week. Let's talk about it with Rodrigo Cotrill from NAB in Sydney for the first time this year. He's here. So, uh, welcome, Rodrigo. This, this. Let's talk about this rise in equities in the US, first of all. What do we read from this? Does this mean less hikes are expected from the Fed because, you know, the economic data we're seeing is uh, perhaps a little softer than than expected. So are people reading into that that the Fed's not going to go quite so hard? Is that what equity investors are bargaining on? Well, I, I think there's there's an element to that, and,
1: and hi, Phil, and nice to be back. Yes, as you noted, the, the Nasdaq or the tech-heavy index has been the outperformer not only in the past week, but actually in the past four weeks. Um, and and it's, it's on track to record, I believe, the the best January uh, monthly return since the 1990s, since the early 1990s. So uh, mm. tech stocks are definitely on a tear. Um, and then the, what is interesting is that not all tech stocks are performing. Uh, we've seen, um, you know, not only really Microsoft, but uh, uh, Texas Instruments, uh, you know, warning of the outlook and not looking so, so good. And similarly, uh, on Friday we also had Intel uh, warning of the outlook. Uh, now the story for Intel is a microchip story, It's a, sp- a specific story. They they got a challenging environment with the declining PCs demand and and the oversupply after 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 the pandemic. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, uh, notwithstanding all these mixed outcomes from some of the big companies, we've seen uh, the tech sector leading the charge in, in the gains in terms of equities. And you have to say that this expectation of uh, the Fed looking to pause imminently and, and, uh, and the market not only pricing in this pause but also pricing rate cuts um, uh, later in the year uh, are helping the, the outlook for, for equities, and particularly those equities that have long you know, expected cash flows when, when you try to price them. So it certainly played its part. Um, and is it and because of
0: softening economic data? Because we saw a bit of that on Friday, didn't we? So consumer spending was uh, softer than expected. We saw a drop in inflation expectations as well, if you look at the, the University of Michigan inflation gauge. So people looking at all of that and saying, well, you know, the economy is cooling, so the Fed will... We'll, we'll pause. They'll, they'll go 25 basis points this week, but maybe that's it for a while. That's right. So
1: uh, sort of the, the bad news is good news in that sense, given uh, markets mm. are forward-looking and, and the pricing in, what's going to happen, you know, six months down the line. Um, uh, but in terms of the, the data itself, uh, you, you mentioned that, yes, we saw that the consumer spending, uh, which kind of was expected, but declined a bit more than than w- was expected. Um, and the PC, the core PC, also came in line with expectations, Uh Uh, But the year-on-year decline yet again, and and it's it's heading in the right direction in that sense. Um, Looking at the details of the inflation dynamics in the US, you have to say that this is still very much a decline of goods inflation rather than a broad decline in inflation. Um, and uh, from a Fed perspective, central bank perspective, you probably want to see a little bit more of that decline, particularly in the services side, mm. as well as a, a decline or, or an ease in, in those
0: wage pressures as well. Well, those wage pressures will be what's uh, slowing things down for the service sector, won't they? So Nick Simireas Trem- is writing in the Wall Street Journal this morning about whether the Fed will become more worried about the impact of the labour market, because they reckon that the natural rate of employment is now not 4%, but 4.8% percent because it's going to take longer to fill jobs because you you've got to find the fit haven't you between people and jobs so there might be lots of jobs around but are they the right jobs for people there looking for them so they're going to be looking for clear signs that wage inflation is falling but i mean hey it's taking time isn't
1: it yeah and 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 i suppose that's a kind of an observation that is valid not only for the fed but for other central banks as well so you don't necessarily have to wait for you know, service inflation to get back to 2%, you want to have that confidence that it will get to 2%. Um, And at the moment, um, it's a little bit foggy, as uh, Larry Summers pointed out over the weekend, in terms of whether we are heading in that direction or not. Um, So, um, ironically, Larry Summers was, you know, calling for a more aggressive uh, tightening cycle. uh, But now he's actually on, on the other side saying, well, um you know there's a lot of uncertainty and we've seen a lot of soft data uh it's time to, to you know take it a little bit easy and and see see how things develop so um, uh, certainly, a, 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 an ongoing debate. Uh, but from a central bank perspective, it would be nice to see a little bit of an ease in those wage pressures.
0: Well, that that makes the employment cost index, which is out this week, isn't it? Before the Fed meets, that's good. makes it all that more important to watch.
1: Absolutely. So th- that that would be very important. If we, uh, the market is looking for a repeat of that print in Q3 of 1.2 on the quarter. Um, if we were to get a smaller number, that would be, you know, a great outcome. Uh, but certainly a, a, a stronger number will will pose you know the
0: the, the question of how long or, or whether the, the Fed can afford to ease as, as immediately as, as next month. So just looking at some of the other numbers out on Friday so that uh, CPI number in, in Japan it was the Tokyo CPI I think wasn't it which 4.4 percent year on year which is the highest for four decades the core number is also up and uh, I mean, they've been pursuing this sort of transitory line that everyone else abandoned a year ago. You know, to uh, but I mean, it, it looks like it's not. I mean, it is transitory. It's like everyone else has been seeing very slow transitory. So, more work, maybe more bond buying by the by the Bank of Japan till they've got all of them. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah, the the argument for the the, the the Bank of Japan in terms of, as you say, transitory. Is, is wearing thin, not only because we're mm. seeing, uh, I think it's a 42-year high in terms of the headline, uh, but what we're also yeah. seeing is this broadening of inflation. It's not just one factor. It's not just food and energy. It's actually across the board, and, and it's super elevated. Um, and therefore, uh, this idea that you have to be patient um, is it's challenging. Um, the, the structural issue around the labor market in Japan is, is one uh, sort of, here and, you know, we see those, those dynamics in terms of wage negotiations, they only take place between, you know, essentially late March to April and May. Um, and 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 the central bank wants to see that uh, there's going to be a meaningful rise in terms of those wage increases before ringing the bell and calling time on 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 the yield curve control uh, policy. So we have to be patient there, but uh, it remains to be seen whether the market will be. Uh, the data continues to put pressure on 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 the Bank of Japan, and we wouldn't be surprised that the market will test again uh, the resolution or the resolve of the bank um, to to maintain its line.
0: So locally, I want to I want to ask you why the Aussie dollar again, is doing so well. Why, you know, why did it have such a stellar week last week when most other currencies were, you know, pretty humdrum? But uh, also locally, I mean, uh, a quick look at New Zealand as well. I mean, first of all, that massive amount of rainfall uh, that they had on Friday in Auckland, they had half the annual rainfall of London in one day. Now, there's, uh, I, I'm not going to talk about climate change because I know our listeners are probably divided <laughs> on that. There's some people who... But, you know, just making the observation, half the annual rainfall of London in one day... Fancy that. But also, uh, the New Zealand business outlook. Well, I mean, that, that that's going to have a, an impact on business, obviously. But uh, it did a little better than the December survey. But also, I mean, businesses are expecting to be pushing their prices higher in New Zealand as well. So inflation isn't beaten there, is it? Despite all the work of the central bank. That's right. And uh, and that's the challenge
1: that uh, in, in, in the case of New Zealand, you know, our colleagues think that New Zealand is certainly heading into a recession. The question is how deep the recession is going to be. Uh, and how much more work the central bank needs to do because we haven't yet seen, um, a, you know, a, a meaningful decline in those inflationary pressures, particularly in the services side and the labour market. So that keeps the pressure on, um, and that's actually one of the the big factors uh, ahead of the the next. Uh, New Zealand meeting to see how that labor market uh, data prints in, in order to hopefully see a bit of relief in terms of those pressures. Now, they are, the additional story of all of this is that the, the huge amount of, of, of rain also comes with those inflationary pressures in terms of the impact it can have for, for the supply side as well as the demand mm-hmm. side in terms of any reconstruction that may be needed as well. So, And more rain is expected as well this week. So, certainly, mm. um,
0: um, it's pouring down in terms of bad news for, yeah. for New Zealand at the moment. <laughs> you headline writer, you. Uh, so, why is the Aussie dollar doing so well then?
1: Well, I think that... Uh, we have to sort of wind back a little bit and see how the performance of the Aussie and particularly the, the data flow in Australia has been uh, particularly in January since we came back. Uh, we saw that a labor market that printed a little bit more or softer than, than had been expected uh, and that certainly pulled the Aussie down and, and, and struggled the Aussie and pulled uh, domestic yields lower uh, um, uh, about two weeks ago. I think it was the 19th yeah. of January. Um, and then, of course, now we've seen... That the the story is a lot better that, um, you know, for one, uh, the market has become more convinced that, as it is often the case that Australia will benefit it from from the, the reopening that China is is likely to in, to to enjoy from uh, all these COVID restrictions that have been lifted, uh, whilst at the same time the inflation data in in Australia uh, was a, a negative surprise, if you like, uh, yeah. and, and particularly in terms of those core readings, reinforcing the need for for the RBA to. Um, to lift the cash rate not only by 25 basis points uh, next week, uh, but we think that potentially as well by another 25 in March. So prior to all of this, the the market was actually – Not sure whether the RBA needed to even lift the cash rate by 25, and now that whole repricing and and move up in domestic yields has been another factor uh, uh, helping the Aussie, Uh, bearing in mind as well that the equity market is performing well. So a risk-positive month uh, typically is associated with the Aussie outperforming as well. So it's been a combination of those two goods, uh, good news that is lifting the Aussie uh, and, and a notable outperformer so far here
0: today. Well, China, of course, back at work today. But how many people got ill during the lunar holiday? That is the question. And how quickly is that bounce back? I mean, not as fast as we perhaps thought, or popular opinion would have us think. Sort of like a, a few weeks ago. It's the big question mark, isn't it? Just take, you know, how much? Uh, how much is sickness going to delay, even though people can go back to work? How much? What part is sickness going to play? But we've talked about that. before. Yeah,
1: but sorry, just to because I was reading this this morning, uh, the the numbers have come out from China and. Uh, the pre small numbers, uh, almost unbelievable in terms of uh, the number of disease deaths so far in the Lunar New Year. Right. And it's actually declining right. relative to what we saw in previous weeks. So, notwithstanding the huge amount of traveling that has occurred, uh, the level of infection and deaths is actually declining in, in, in China, which is surprising given what we know that the uh, virus can do when you know people mean these. yeah
0: so look very quiet today we get the New Zealand trade balance we get economic confidence for Europe later on we should also say a beginnings we've got Apple Alphabet Meta Caterpillar amongst them so uh, lots of opportunity for uh, for the equity markets to take on board those numbers and react however they will and of course yeah two central banks we haven't talked about very quickly ECB and the Bank of England this week We've got plenty of time to talk about it later in the week but we are expecting 50 basis points in each case aren't we which I tell you for the UK government for Rishi Sunak it could almost be a net in the coffin sort of throwing 50 basis point hike into a, a cost of living crisis
1: <laughs> yes um, and I suppose from a central bank perspective the, the key there will be the messaging um, you know how aggressive or committed mm. is the central bank in, in Europe in particular to basically another 50 basis points uh, and or whether the Bank of England thinks uh, you know it's time to call time and, and see how how things develop so certainly what they say will be very important in addition to what yeah. they do alright very good
0: leave it there for now Good to talk. Good to have you back. Catch you again very soon, hopefully, Rodrigo. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. And that's it for this Monday morning on the Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.